So you want to go to dental school. Let's hear from a UCLA dental student how she got in and how she likes it. Welcome to Admission Straight Talk, the podcast dedicated to graduate admissions and helping you approach the application process thoughtfully and successfully. Your host is Acceptance founder and world-renowned admissions guru, Linda Abraham. At Accepted, our mission is to get you to that unforgettable moment when you read your acceptance email and shout, yes, I'm in, confident you'll be attending the perfect program to help you launch the career of your dreams. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me for this, the 412th episode of Admission Straight Talk. Before we meet our guest today, I want to share with you a not-so-secret secret. There is a challenge to the application process that frankly doesn't get enough attention, even though it's at the heart of the process. You need to show that you both fit in at your target schools and are a standout in the applicant pool. Except it's free download, fitting in and standing out. The paradox at the heart of admissions will help you do both. Master this paradox and you are well on your way to acceptance. Download this free guide at accepted.com slash F-I-S-O for fitting in, standing out. Again, that's accepted.com slash F-I-S-O. Our guest today, Elisa Soberon, is a first-year dental student at UCLA Dental School, and we're going to hear her story from her. But first, a little background. In 2014, Elisa earned her bachelor's from UCLA in environmental science with a minor in geography and environmental studies. She worked mostly in business between completing her undergraduate education and starting dental school. Elisa, welcome to Admission Straight Talk. Thanks, Linda, for having me. My pleasure. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you grew up, more like before you got to UCLA? Sure. I grew up in a small town in Northern California called Alamo, and Mm -hmm. it's about 40 minutes away from San Francisco. Um, Grew up as an only child to two Asian American immigrants, one from South Korea, my mom, and my dad, who uh, came from the Philippines. I grew up kind of as the only, you know, Asian American in a predominantly white neighborhood. And it was a great experience, honestly. That's pretty much it in terms of everything that I did up until UCLA. I, I worked really hard in high school and, you know, was always an inquisitive person and always had a love for the sciences. So that kind of carried over into when I went to UCLA. Um, By the way, I'm also the child of immigrants who are from two different countries, but European. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing that. (laughs) And I also thought that it added, it was a benefit. Yeah. 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 It was interesting kind of growing up with two unique cultures. They're very different. And I didn't really know many other people who had that unique blend of different cultures growing up. So our Thanksgiving dinners were always really interesting. You know, we always had Korean dishes, Filipino dishes, and American. And I I feel like I was really lucky to have sort of all three growing up. Yeah, we're going to get to your story. But I mean, one of the things I remember most clearly is that there were sometimes meals, especially if one side of the family came in where there was no common language. My parents didn't speak each other's mother tongue. Yeah, it was definitely, we've had those situations at our dinner table. Both my grandparents, you know, they, it was difficult for them to communicate on both sides of the family when they got together. Their common uh, language was through singing. So that's nice. Our our language in our home was English. 
And my yeah. parents, they they both knew German. So if they didn't want us to understand that was the language they spoke. Oh, yeah. And, and when I studied German, they switched to two Slavic languages where one knew it well, the other one knew the other one well. And they were close enough that they could still sell my sister and me down the river. But anyways, <laughs> let's get to your story. Okay. Sure. As an undergrad, you majored in environmental science and then worked in business. How did you move from those pursuits to dentistry? I mean, they seem pretty far apart. Yeah. So I kind of mentioned earlier that I've always had a love for sciences and I really struggled in undergrad figuring out what I wanted to major in. I was undeclared for two years. And finally, my uh, counselor looked at me and said, Hey, you know, it's you're approaching your junior year and you need to declare a major. And I looked around me and my roommate was actually an environmental science major. And I had not even given that major a thought. And I thought that the classes that she was taking were super interesting and I still had a love for science. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for environmental science. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, I honestly learned a lot uh, with that major and it's incredibly relevant today. But in all honesty, I ended up choosing a career in technology and business right after graduation purely because I needed a career. I needed a job after I graduated. Um, so I stuck with that for about four, four and a half years before I thought, well, is this something that I really want to do for the rest of my career? And I thought about it. I had what I like to call my quarter life crisis, where I went around asking people, uh, how did you decide that you wanted to become X, Y, or Z? And um, through talking to a lot of different people, I had a very honest conversation with myself and thought, you know, I still want to go back to my roots, which is the sciences, and ended up talking to my own dentist. And he described everything that he did on a day-to-day -day basis. And it sounded really interesting. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to shadow a dentist and see if this is something that I want to pursue. And that's how it that's how it started. <laughs> and did you explore dentistry? further, like in, in other clinical settings also? Sure. Yeah, I definitely uh, shadowed a dentist, a general dentist in my area. And then I also volunteered with a dental clinic, a mobile dental clinic, mm -hmm. um, and got a lot of exposure that way. Uh, a variety of dentists I, I was shadowing through that mobile clinic. So I felt like I had a good idea of what it was like through volunteer work and also um, owning a private practice, which I think is really important when it comes to dentistry. Right. I guess your your business background would, would help you when you get to that point in your career, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely. I hope so. A lot of dentists don't have that business background, um, but I'm hoping to really learn as much as I can now so that when the time comes and I graduate, I at least have a little bit more business background under my belt so I can open up my own practice one day. Right. Did you have to take prerequisites after you decided you wanted to go to dental school? Did you have to take additional classes? I definitely did. I was lucky because I had most of my prerequisites taken care of through my environmental science degree, mm -hmm. um, but I was missing a handful of classes and decided that I needed to do an informal post back to get some of those classes taken care of. And I also took a few classes that weren't necessarily requirements, but I felt like if I had taken some 
more challenging upper division science classes, that that would really help boost my resume and prove to admissions that I could really handle a graduate level course load. Okay, this is while you were working full time? Well, <laughs> or were you working part time at that point? I was lucky because I had saved up enough and I ended up quitting my job when I decided I wanted to go into dentistry. So I mm-hmm. focused on schoolwork and my application uh, 100% and was lucky enough to be able to do that for about a year and a half, two years. Wow. Okay. What were some of the concerns you had as a non-traditional dental school applicant when you decided to apply to dental school? I think my number one concern was my age. I'm a little bit older. I graduated uh, UCLA in 2014. So if you do the math, that makes me 29 years old today. But when I decided that I wanted to go into dentistry, I was 26 years old. And that might not seem that much older than the average applicant, but it was a concern because it had been a while since I had taken a class in college or, you know, even studied for an exam, I was a little concerned about whether I'd be able to handle it. And luckily, through the classes that I took uh, for my prereqs that I needed, it kind of gave me an idea of if I could handle it. And I felt like I I could. I can do (laughs) Um, this. I can do this. Yeah, I could. I can do this. Um, And so that was my biggest concern, just being able to study for exams, things like that. And honestly, I can say now after a couple of quarters at UCLA Dental, I feel like age is not even a concern anymore. It definitely was in the beginning, but I really had nothing to worry about. It was something that you were concerned about and didn't really need to be concerned about. Exactly. All right, good. That's that's good to know if if somebody else is in your shoes. What was the hardest part of the application process for you? Looking back, I gave myself a shorter timeline. Ideally, I think it would have been a lot easier if I had done everything within two years. Taking my prereq classes, studying for the DAT, and also applying. But I was determined, maybe partially due to my age, I really wanted to get everything done in one year. So balancing everything and also shadowing and volunteer work, doing everything all at once in one year was a bit challenging for me. But I'm glad that I did it. I was able to do it and it wasn't impossible. So I think that was probably the biggest challenge. So it wasn't the DAT or the essays or any particular aspect of the application. It was kind of the pressure you put on yourself. It's the time frame you gave yourself. Exactly. The pressure that I put on myself uh, to get everything done in one year. Obviously, if you know things didn't work out, if I had scored lower on the DAT or perhaps I didn't get in that year, I could definitely, you know, save or at least um, apply the next year. Uh, So that wasn't a big deal, but I was determined (laughs) to get everything done within (laughs) one year. It was definitely the pressure I put on myself. (laughs) (laughs) And you did it. I did Um, it. (laughs) And you did it. How many schools did you apply to and how many did you interview at? I applied to, I believe, 12 schools. And I ultimately had interviews at five. Wow. Nice. Uh, Yeah. I was really lucky. I would say I applied a little late though. So I was really surprised that I had as many interviews that I did, but I ended up only attending three of the five interviews. Yeah. I was lucky that I got into UCLA. That's fantastic. 
when you got that acceptance from UCLA, how did you feel? How did you celebrate? Oh, I cried. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately called my family because it was not just, you know, me that was going through it. It was also my, my parents, you know, they were behind me 100% and to let them know that I had gotten, gotten into UCLA Uh, they were incredibly relieved and extremely excited for me. So they were the first people that I I told. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Okay. Um, Did you celebrate afterwards? Oh yeah, definitely went, went to a dinner, just, you know, enjoyed, reveled in the moment. It was, it was great. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. Now that you're at UCLA Dental, what do you like best about being there? I think the most striking thing about UCLA is that it is such a collaborative environment. And in all honesty, I didn't expect that coming in because, you know, everyone is type A competitive. And I thought, you know, everyone's just going to be focusing on themselves. And I was a little used to that from UCLA undergrad. You're one of, I don't know, 200 or 300 students in a class. Um, And it was very competitive, especially for anyone who was in the pre-med, pre-health track. Uh, so coming to UCLA Dental, when you're a class of 88 students, it was a breath of fresh air. Um, and also, I think what contributed to, to that was, was the, is the pass-no-pass system that we have. The grading system at UCLA is a little unique. So instead of people really competing for that top grade, everyone is really helpful. They're trying to help you out. Professors want to make sure that you succeed. and I am just so thankful that I'm in an environment like that, especially during the next four years, which are supposedly going to be the toughest four years of my life. So yeah, I would say the collaborative environment is top-notch here at UCLA. What could be improved? That's a really difficult question. It's hard to say, especially now during this pandemic. Are you in class? I am in class. It's about half of it's online and everything else, all the clinic, preclinic work that we're doing, we're lucky that we can be in person um, with PPE, of course, and all the precautions. It's not so much something that UCLA can do, but I just wish that I could get to know some of my classmates a little bit better. Um, That is an important part of it. The social aspect, networking, getting to know people face-to-face. So while I am interacting with my classmates in preclinic, it's not quite the same. Yeah. And I do wish that we had a few more opportunities to, to really get to know one, one another. You know, I think that would probably be said about almost any school anywhere this year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> just entering class. It's just a part of the reality we're all dealing with. Yeah. And you learn to, to acclimate. <laughs> you don't have much choice. And, and yeah. again, hopefully we're, you know, we're moving beyond it and things will start to <laughs> we'll become more social beings again. Now, obviously the, the first year of medical school is famous for being this, uh, you know, the, the metaphor constantly used is drinking from a fire hose or from a fire hydrant. <laughs> Did you feel that way about dental school? Certain classes I felt like were pretty challenging. Not in that the content was challenging, but just the sheer amount of inf- information that we're given that we need to know. Again, I would have to say with the pass, no pass, I didn't stress about it too much just because there are other opportunities for me to get involved and other things that I'm interested in. 
For instance, I'm thinking about starting my own club at UCLA. In what? Uh, I actually wanted to start a Filipino club because there isn't one, surprisingly. And UCLA and the LA area in general has a large Filipino population. So during the club fair, you know, I, I went and I saw all these different cultures being represented, but there wasn't one for Filipinos. So because I'm half Filipino, I thought, you know what, I think this would be an awesome opportunity to start a club like this. Um, so that's in the works. Um, so I feel like, yes, in, in a sense, it was a bit challenging because there was just so much information uh, thrown my way. But I also wasn't as stressed because I felt like with the pass, no pass, I need a 70% and a 70% is a passing same as a 90% or 95%. I really am focusing on the things that I care about and that are will help make me a better clinician in the future. I have more uh, time to focus on those things as well. Yes, it is a little overwhelming to answer your question, but I feel like you get used to it. Okay. Okay. So you've adjusted. How do you see your career developing? You mentioned that you like to have your own clinic at some point or your own practice, I should say. Or do you have any direction within dentistry? I mean, do you see yourself as a general dentist or going into a specialty or how do you, do you have any idea? I went in with an open mind. I thought, you know, endodontics, orthodontics, those sound really interesting. And, you know, we've had a lot of lunch and learns with people in their own specialties. And it's been a real eye-opener learning from them and kind of getting an idea of what it takes to become a specialist. Uh, And also UCLA is awesome because they offer all specialties. So if there's one that I'm particularly interested in, I can go out and shadow uh, that specialty and get a better idea. But right now, I feel like it's still a little too early for me to know. I'm leaning a little bit towards general dentistry because I feel like it encompasses the best of everything, but I'm not completely opposed to specializing. I might decide in the next year or so after I've had a little bit more exposure to those specialties. But definitely, I will open my own practice at one point. That is a big goal of mine. All right. So that, that is direction. Just not yes. quite sure where Specialty you're going to I don't know, yeah, but yeah. definitely uh, yeah. my own practice at some point. Okay. Do you have any last bits of wisdom or advice for pre-dental students, whether they are traditional or non-traditional? I would say stay focused, believe in yourself, and don't be afraid to ask for help. I felt a little overwhelmed in the beginning because I didn't really know any other pre-dental students. You know, I'd already graduated at that point and didn't really have a counselor to turn to. but. I would say that as long as you stay focused on your goal, you persevere, you will get through anything and also try to stay as organized as you can. And my number one tip is to apply as early as you can. I applied about late July, the beginning of August. And while that's not the latest that I can apply, definitely was not ideal. So definitely apply as early as you can and ask for help in terms of uh, help studying for the DAT, have someone look over your your application several times. If you need help with your personal statement, don't be afraid to ask for that help because it takes a village 
to apply to dental school. If you're looking for someone to look over your application, or if you just need any advice at all about classes that you need to take, I would definitely turn to accepted and look for um, an advisor. I spoke with Barry and worked with him for about a year, a year and a half, and he was an incredible help uh, when it came to my application and applying to dental school. He was there every step of the way, answering all of my questions. And I honestly don't know if I could have done it without him. <laughs> so <laughs> although I was the one applying to dental school, he really gave me the guidance and the knowledge that I needed to be able to stand out as an applicant, as a competitive applicant, the cycle that I applied. So look for Barry if you want any dental, <laughs> dental advice. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for that, that feedback, Elisa. What do you wish I would have asked you? Well, I guess just anything about the application process. A lot of people, there isn't as much information about dental school. I feel like there's a lot of emphasis and focus on medical school. So if you ever have any questions about the application process, don't be afraid to maybe find a, another dental student online or on Instagram, someone that you follow, and message them and ask them about what they did to, got in, to get into their school. If you're interested in that school, you know, usually the best person to ask is someone who's already attending that school. And that's something that I did. And I felt like it was tremendously helpful, not just for the application, but also the interview process. So that's another thing that we also talk about is the interview. Yeah. I felt like I was somewhat prepared because I had been used to, I was used to interviewing, you know, through job applications and things like that. But the interview is, can be either really stressful. You can make it stressful or you can go in with the attitude of, I can get through this and they really just want to get to know me. And if I'm a good fit for their, for their school. First of all, I think you just said something really great for uh, interviewees to keep in mind that it's a conversation. They're trying to get to know you. They want to know if you're a fit for their school, but how would you recommend somebody prepare for an interview? So I wouldn't say look up the top 20 questions and have all of your answers memorized. You don't want to seem like a robot when you go into your interview. Right. Obviously, you want to prepare a little bit, kind of come up with an idea of uh, how you're going to answer maybe the top 10 most common questions, like tell me a little bit about yourself or uh, what have you been doing the last couple of years? Things or like why that. Why school? Exactly get to know the school, have all of that down, um, and also have questions prepared for each school. And as long as you go in prepared, somewhat prepared and confident, uh, then I feel like most people will do well and try to be yourself as much as possible. Most interviewers can tell when you're giving a response that's been memorized. So uh, try to be yourself as much as possible. Sure. Thank you so much. Elisa, I think we're running out of time. Any sites you'd like to invite listeners to visit? Absolutely. So if anyone's on Instagram, I would definitely recommend going to uh, the UCLA pre-dental page, which is full of information for anyone who's a pre-dent, whether or not you're interested in applying to UCLA. Um, And so that handle is at UCLA underscore ASDA underscore pre-dental. Or you can follow me on Instagram and check out my stories, which sometimes I post dental-related things. Uh, my handle is 
at Elisa Hanna. Um, and the spelling for that, I'm sure uh, Linda will provide yes. in the information. Yes. I will. I will in the show notes at accepted.com slash 412. I also want to mention that we actually, we didn't have this when you were applying, but we do now have a, a fairly comprehensive post on how to get into dental school and are constantly putting out more information for dental school applicants, including oh, this podcast. Awesome. So uh, as you were talking about how the there was so much more focus on medical school, I was thinking, yeah, there was, we were focused more and now we're, we're also providing information to dental school applicants. We're going to link from the show notes at accepted.com slash 412 to the sites that Elisa just mentioned, both Instagram pages that she mentioned, as well as to fitting in and standing out the free resource I mentioned at the beginning and other related resources, including our How to Get into Dental School blog post, a fairly comprehensive blog post. A quick reminder, master the paradox at the heart of graduate admissions by downloading our free guide, Fitting In and Standing Out, The Paradox at the Heart of Admissions. Grab your copy at accepted.com slash F-I-S-O. I also want to invite you to participate in the Thank You for Your Review contest. One listener a month who leaves a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, will win a free 20-minute consultation with me. You can leave your review at lovethepodcast.com slash A-S-T. I look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you. This is Admissions Trade Talk produced by Accepted, and I am your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week.